All right. Good morning. I sit here and wait because the software is doing stuff and it's live, but the software is still doing stuff. So I'm always concerned that I start talking too soon. Well, good morning. I am Pastor Nelson Nisley, Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church, Kansas City, Missouri. And good morning. This We'll be going over our Bible study, Sunday school lesson, however you want to call it this morning. Uh, we are finishing up the book of Isaiah today. Uh, but, like I said, I'm from Tower View Baptist Church. If you want to know more about us, you can check out our website at towerviewkc.com. Obviously, our Facebook page at Tower View Baptist Church, Kansas City, Missouri. And you can call or text our church, 816-368-1330. And you can call, like I said, you can call, you can text that. And it's not answered 24-7. People got to sleep, um, but it, it'll be answered um, in, in good time. So if you have any questions, whether it's a question about the Bible study, questions about who Jesus Christ is and your salvation, a question about discipleship, um, a question about our church and what we think, what we believe, what we do. Um, you know, check out our website; it has all that information. Uh, our website and our, our Facebook page has previous Sunday school lessons in this series and previous series. We have our sermons. We have the songs that we sing uh, during the service. We don't have we don't uh, record the entire service as it happens. Sometimes we record the sermon as it happens, um, but it's all there. And so it's there for you to worship God. Um, we'd love to see you here. We have drive-in church at 1030 here in our parking lot, uh, right outside the windows right out there, um, that you can um, come in and listen to the radio, and everything is broadcast. The musicians and the music are inside the building. Um, but like I said, we broadcast everything on a small um, FM transmitter. So come in and listen to 90.7. Um, but we'll not be setting out the outside speakers today. It's just not going to be warm enough. Nobody's going to want to sit out in the, in the cold and the wind this morning. Um, we, you may come inside with reservations only. We have limited seating right now, uh, percentage of our capacity. So if you want to do that, you are, but you have to, you have, to have reservations prior to today. So make reservations for next Sunday if you desire to do that. But we will continue on and finish the book of Isaiah today. So this last quarter, the last this is a lesson 13. Um, so for the last 12 weeks, this in the kind of 13th week, we have been looking through the book of Isaiah, um, kind of a survey through the book of Isaiah. And so that's where we are today. Um, let's begin and with a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all the blessings and all the things that you give us, Lord. We thank you for the minds that you give us that we can study your word. I thank you for the, the, the heart and soul that you give us, Lord, that we can be a light to the world and proclaim your name to those around us, whether it's our immediate family, our co-workers, our neighbors, or total strangers at a store. Help us to be your servants wherever we are. And help us as we, we wrap up this study in Isaiah, Lord, that 
It'll be a thing that we, we continue, that we will, will not be the last time we read Isaiah, Lord, that we will continue to read it. You are the mighty God, Lord, and we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, you all that's out there. I see Judy. I see Shirley. I bet Don's sitting, sitting there with her. And, and John and Teresa. And, and I know there are others out there. Darren is out there. So um, welcome. And I'll pray that there are more out there that I, that I can't see. So welcome. So like I said, we're in the book of Isaiah, and we're finishing up the book of Isaiah. The last part of Isaiah is um, about God. It's about God re, uh, regaining. He's never lost control. But taking control of this world. And it's, it's, it's really what we're going to look at today is really the end time. I mean, the end time. In some ways, we are in the end time because we are in the advent since Jesus has been born and, and lived and died on the cross and was resurrected and ascended into heaven. Scripture calls that end times. But this is an end time that's after this. That's sometime in the future. When? I don't know. It doesn't give us a date. But this section of Isaiah, uh, really the last six chapters or so, is an insight into, into God's future and what he sees is coming. And so part of it is, so I want it's, to, it's and, and this is from Isaiah's time frame, the future from Isaiah's time frame. So I'm going to start in chapter 61. I'm going to read chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. And these verses, see if they sound familiar. In chapter 61, verse 1, it says, The Lord, the Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair, For and they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. And you say, well, yeah, that dude, Jesus in the New Testament, in, in the book of Luke, he reads these words in the synagogue. Jesus went to the synagogue and they handed him the scroll of Isaiah. In all the scroll of Isaiah, Jesus scrolled to this part. And this is what he read, was those verses. And he said, today these words are fulfilled. And so from Isaiah's time, hey, this is something new. But yet, in some ways, these verses have not completely been um, realized yet. You know, comfort, you know, provide for those who mourn. You know, you know, have a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Festive oil. And we look around and we look at our lives and we think, yeah, yeah, that, that ain't happening here. We ain't there yet. Life is just too miserable. Um, there's so, too much pain and suffering around us. There's sickness. There are bills. You know, there, there's the drudgery of work. And so that hasn't, all that hasn't happened yet. And there, but there is a future when that will 100% happen. We have days when that happens, but it's not 
always, every day. And if you suffer from irrational anxiety or irrational depression, <laughs> you, 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 know, you, you have no idea what those days are like. You're like, I, I don't know what it is like to be festive. It just doesn't compute. You can't be festive. But today's lesson is out of chapter 65, Isaiah chapter 65. And we're going to start in verse 17. Like I said many times before, these chapter numbers and these verse numbers are not, they're, uh, they're not God-inspired. And so chapter numbers and verse numbers, you know, is not always where thoughts begin and end. And so as you read Scripture, you know, don't put too much weight in those. Those are just an easy way for us to reference. So when I say Isaiah 65, 17, you and I, even though we have different Bibles, we may have different translations, but we're going to end up in the same spot even if it's a different page number. And so that's what it's for. They're there for reference, so we can find things, and I can communicate easily where to find things. So Isaiah 17, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17. It says, For I will create a new heaven and a new earth. The past events will not be remembered or come to mind. And so, there we are, a new heaven and a new earth. And he's like, wait a minute, I thought that was in Revelation. It is. But that's not the first time it's mentioned in Scripture. And we saw that earlier in Isaiah. A new heaven and a new earth. Well, when's that going to happen? We don't know. It doesn't say. But one thing it does say is past events will not be remembered. Or come to mind. When we are in that place where there's a new heaven and a new earth, the final heaven, okay? You know, I've had people ask us, will we remember our family members? Will we remember the people that we know and love that didn't come to Christ? And it says here, no. Because it's not about, because family, our blood families, our genetic families here on earth, is not the primary relationship in this world. Our primary relationship is between us and God. That trumps everything else, Little's T. That trumps everything else. Because that's the eternal relationship. Earthly relationships are temporary. As important as they are, they are still temporary. Because you know our family members will pass away. Some of our family members already have passed away. And we know that others will. Someday you will pass away. And so earthly, you know, our blood relationships are temporary. It's the eternal. The, between us and God is the eternal relationship. And that's the one that matters. And so... When you're in heaven, you won't be going, hey, you remember back in the day when, you know, we had to fight blizzards and forest fires? And No, you won't. You won't be talking about back in the day when you're in heaven. You'll only be talking about heaven and the things that are happening there. And I don't want to say that to de depress you or, 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 or to worry you but to say that that's God, the relationship with God will be so prevalent that the relationships here on earth will just fade away into the distant past. 
You know, do you remember all those temper tantrums you had as a three-year-old? No, because one, they weren't, they didn't matter to you. I mean, they, you know, three-year-old temper tantrums like, I can't have it, I want a piece of candy now. I don't want to wait. You know, because, you know, compared to our life now, they were meaningless. And two, our brains just don't remember those things because they weren't fully developed yet. That's kind of between what's going to be like between us now and then when we're in the final, the you know, the new heaven and the new earth. Our brains will be more developed. The things that happened in the past, most of that's, you know, our day-to-day stuff just is going to be forgotten because they're unimportant. As important as they are today, for eternity, they're not that important. And so that's, that's what he's saying. He's like, the life in the future is going to be so great that this life here is going to just, it's just going to fade away into a distant memory. The way all our memories from when we were three, three years old faded away. Continuing on, Isaiah, so we just read 17, so I'm going to read 17 and continue on. For I will create, and that's God speaking, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. The past events will not be remembered or come to mind. Verse 18, then be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I will create Jerusalem to be a joy and its people to be a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people and the sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard in her. Just look at verses 18 and 19. Look at the words that they use there over and over again. Glad, rejoice, um, joy, delight, rejoice, glad. You, you catch a theme? And it says the sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard. So in verse 18, it says, you know, then be glad. Well, who be glad? You be glad. You is assumed. Then you be glad and rejoice. How long? Forever. Why? Because God is creating something. You know, we create things, and even if you're an expert carpenter, and you build the most excellent house or the most excellent piece of furniture, eventually that piece of furniture will break. Eventually that house will need repaired. Nothing lasts forever on this world. Everything deteriorates. But God's doesn't. It says, I am, I am creating. That's God talking. I will create Jerusalem to be a joy. Now he mentions Jerusalem specifically because he's talking to the Israelites. And that's their center. That's their capital. That's where the temple was. And so he's mentioning that specifically. But he's saying that you will rejoice and you will be glad. And he said he's creating Jerusalem there, verse 18, to be a joy and to be a delight. So he says, you will rejoice, you will be glad. But this place is going to be a, pla- a place that, you know, you know, this is better than Disney World. This will be better. Will they have roller coasters? I don't know. But it will be better than Disney World. And then in verse 19, it says, I will rejoice. This is God speaking. 
God will rejoice in Jerusalem, and God will be glad for his people. So it says, you will rejoice. Jerusalem will be a place to rejoice, to have joy and be delighted. And God says, I'm going to rejoice over it. So this is going to be a good place. Better than any, any place I can, I, I can fathom here on earth. And there are places I want to be and places I like to go and visit and, and such. And, you know, money was money and space and time wasn't an option. What my dream home would be and where it would be and, and such. But this is even better than any of that. The sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard. We read that other places in Isaiah. We read that in Revelation. So God has said it more than once in Scripture. Not just the imaginings of, of, of John who wrote the book of Revelation. This, this is Isaiah speaking here. And so this is a good thing. Verse 20, Isaiah 65, verse 20. In her, that's Jerusalem, a nursing infant will no longer only live a few days, or an old man not live out his days. Indeed, the one who dies at a hundred years old will be mourned as a young man, and the one who misses a hundred years old will be considered cursed. Wow. Now this, this verse I have trouble with. Okay, so we think of the new heaven and the new earth. to so never be weeping or, or, or crying, and it's an eternity. But here it's talking about people dying. And so how, do, how, do, how does that jive? I'm, I'm thinking this verse here is kind of like a hyperbole. You know, life will be so long that if, if it were possible, this would, you know, this would be a bad thing. You know, will there be people being born and, and dying in this new heaven and new earth? I don't think so, but this verse kind of makes you wonder. But like, but if it's just hyperbole, saying that this place is a place of of wonder and there's no pain and suffering, think of, think about the world that we live in today. Every child that goes to a NICU, that's born and goes to a NICU, in the time that this was written, and in many places even in this world today, they probably would not survive. 99% of them would not live to see their, you know, even live for a month. The Jewish culture, you in some cultures in the world, you don't name your child until they're like, the Jewish culture back in this time, they didn't name their child until the eighth day. They didn't name them on the day they were born. They waited eight days. Why? Because so many died. I'm not saying that 90% of them died, but enough of them died at childbirth that they just didn't bother to name. They just waited to name them just to save themselves some pain and agony. And so we think, you know, think of the people you know, people I know, that have been had infants that go through the NICU, the neo, you know, neo, well, it's the intensive care unit, but for neonatal, you know, those child, those children probably would not live if it wasn't for that NICU. 
The surgeries that we perform on infants right after they're born to, to, to correct a, a birth defect. Just the, the fact that Nick, you just to help them develop, you know, for prematures. The, the, the saving the life of the mothers through C-sections and the baby. All those things would not have happened. They would not survive in, a, in this world. And so that's why it brings this up, because so many women died in childbirth. So many infants did not survive their first year of life. And it caused pain and agony, just as like it does today when an infant dies. And so um, that is, you know, that, that pain that a mother has, even during a miscarriage, that parents have during a miscarriage when the child was never even born. That pain is gone because there, there is not that death that happens at childbirth. But then on the other end, it talks about old men, old women. You know, if you die before you're 100, you're considered cursed. Well, people, I, I don't know. I didn't think so. But the point is that you're going to be living a long time that 100 years is nothing. 100 years is nothing. And so, and so you live out, you, you, it's a righteous, there's not a place of weeping and mourning. You don't have people dying at young ages. You don't have teenagers dying in car crashes. You don't have, te- or, or you know, other things. You don't have, you're not dying of a heart attack at age 30. Or dying of cancer at age 50. Those things aren't happening. People are living because they don't have death. They don't have disease. There are no viruses running around killing people. That's what this place is. There is no weeping. The old ways will not be long. The past events will not be remembered or come to mind. The sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard because those things aren't happening anymore. And so <clears throat> it talks about the joy in this place. That you know, Verses 18 and 19 talks about this joy and the gladness. Why will it be the joy and gladness? Verse 20 says, because babies won't be dying and people won't be dying before their time. In fact, people won't be dying. But then verses 21 and 22 gives us more reasons to rejoice. Verse 21 says, People will build houses and live in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build and others live in them. They will not plant and others eat. For my people, people's lives will be like the lifetime of a tree, and my chosen ones will fully enjoy the works of their hands. What, the problem that happened in, in, in Isaiah's days is that you would have an invasion, an enemy army would come in and take over the land. They wouldn't necessarily you know, burn down the whole town. They just kill the people and they leave the houses there so they can live in them. Whether it's a band of bandits that wants to start a new home or... Um, like I said, an invasion force that comes in and, the, and the, their country wants to expand, so they just take your cities and literally take your cities and live in them. And they take your vineyards and your crops. 
and they take them, and even though you planted them and brought them up, you don't get you don't get to enjoy them anymore. Or they come in and they exact tribute, and so you have to give. You know, you you own a vineyard or you own farmland, and you have to give all your crops away. You only get a small portion. You have to give most of them away to this foreign power as taxes. And so life is miserable. And life is, think about all the things that we do in this life, and we don't get to enjoy them. We buy a new car, then somebody crashes into it. We get a house, and we fix it up, and then it burns down. Or a tornado, earthquake, wildfires, depending on where you are in the world. Wars, taxes, you make all this money and then you have to give a whole bunch of it back to the government. And so life is just, you know, you read Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanities, everything is vanity or meaningless, it's meaningless because everything you do is just, you know, going away. In the new heaven and new earth, that's not the case. If you build something, it's going to stay. You get to enjoy it. Think there's a permanence to things. The things in this world are temporary. They keep falling apart. You have to keep fixing them. Where they fall apart because you know they deteriorate over time, or they fall apart because somebody else breaks them for you, whether on purpose or accidentally. You know the, the joke I had. You know, like when you have little kids, you know you can't have anything nice because kids break things. That's the way kids are. And so, you know, we have all that. And so they're saying that this future time, it's going to be satisfying. Verse 23, let me flip the pages here. Isaiah 65, verse 23, They will not labor without success or bear children destined for disaster, for they will be a blessed people by the Lord, along with their descendants. And so this continues that theme, that things will be satisfying. There will be a reason to rejoice, a reason to be glad, a reason to delight. And so your labor will be successful. Think about the farmer who plants a crop, and then a hailstorm destroys it, or a flood. You build something, and somebody breaks it. Or bear children destined for disaster. Your kids won't die from diseases or accidents. It says because they're a blessed people. You're blessed by God. Because of salvation through Jesus Christ, you were blessed by God. And when you read this, it's kind of the opposite of what you read in Genesis chapter 3. When Adam and Eve sinned. And it says that your way will be, you know, the land will be cursed because of you. And that you'll have to toil to make a living. And this is God saying, okay, that's going to be revoked. You won't have to toil and fight the elements each and every day to make a living. You won't have to fight all the natural disasters that come your way. There'll be a time when those all that stuff will finally go away. It makes you want to say, God, please, Lord, come quickly, because I'd like to have that day. 
And then we get to verse 24. Even before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. So this great place, this place of success, ere everything is fruitful, God is there too, and he's listening. And he says, even before they call, I will answer. As they are speaking, I will hear, while they are speaking. That's kind of the opposite of what we read last week. Last week we were in Isaiah 58, and the people were complaining. In Isaiah 58, 3, it says, Why have we fasted, but you have not seen? The people are complaining to God. We have denied ourselves, but you haven't noticed. And you read that through Isaiah, the people had a form of godliness, and so they cried out to God, but they didn't think God was listening. Here, at this time, in this place, God says, I'm going to be listening. I'm going to be very in tune. I'm going to be right there with them. I'm hearing them as they speak. I'm hearing them before they speak. God hears us now in the same way, but we just don't notice how he answers because we're not attuned to him. We're not reading scriptures as much as we should. Even if you read scriptures every day, this world... You know, we're just not as we're not attuned to him. Our sinful bodies just cannot be that attuned to him. But he is always listening. He's always there. We just don't see it because of the sin of this world and the pain that we have in this world. He is always there. But now you will be able to notice it because you were right there with him. And the sin and the pain and the suffering of this world's gone and no longer a barrier between you and God. And then the last verse of this chapter, verse 25, chapter 65, verse 25, really sums up what this place is going to be like. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like cattle, but the serpent will be food will be dust. There will not they will not do what is evil or destroy or my enti- on my entire holy mountain says the Lord. What a wonderful place this will be. There are no more predators. The wolf and the lamb are not predator and prey any longer. The lion will no longer be chasing down, bringing down the cattle, the water buffalo. Because he will no longer be a carnivore. And so we will not have that fear. We read through scripture the lions. The lions and the wild animals that attack sometimes are considered a curse by God that they are that God uses the wild animals to attack people who have been cursed, who have sinned. We know in, in the New Testament, in the book of Peter, it says, you know, Satan is prowling around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. The predators are, are, are part of the, of the curse of this fallen world that we have to fight against. When you farm, when you grow plants, you have to fight the weeds, the thorns, the thistles. When you have animals, you have to fight the things of this world, the weather, the predators that are out there, the wolves, the lions, the bears, that also want to eat your, 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 uh, uh, your animals. 
And so that's part of the curse of this world that we live in because of sin. But in this new heaven, this new earth, that's not a problem anymore. And he makes you think, is this what the Garden of Eden was like? That the, 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 the wolf and the lamb were sitting and laying together. And in other places in Isaiah, it says a little child will lead them. You know, that the, the child can sit and play on the ground next to a hole with cobras in him, and he won't be hurt. The cobras won't attack him. And so this is a play, and you know, think about a child, you know, you know, falling into, you know, the lion's den at the zoo. We would all freak out because we're afraid for the child's life, rightfully so. But in this world, the lions can be part of the petting zoo. Imagine that, having a petting zoo with lions and bears and tigers and all those animals that we, we, we can go up to without fear and be a part of them. And that's what heaven, this new heaven, this new world would be like. But one thing I noticed in here, but the serpent's food will be dust. The serpent will still eat dust. They won't eat you. They're not going to bite you. But they'll still be on the dust. They'll still be in the dirt. They'll still be slithering around the ground. But they'll no longer be a curse to you, so that you, they will not be a danger to you anymore. But they're not being, the, the serpent is not being restored to whatever it was in the Garden of Eden. And so this, this, this type of destruction, this type of weeping and mourning that we talk about in verse 17 won't be there. It says the sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard. Why? Because Well, one of the reasons was because wild animals won't be attacking you. You don't have to worry about bees stinging you or wasps or killer hornets. Those won't be a problem anymore. Because this is a new heaven and new earth. Weeping and crying will not be. We will be a place of joy and delight. When is that happening? I don't know. And if anybody who tells you he knows exactly when that's going to happen, he's either lying to you or to himself. Or he's just disillusioned. Because God does not tell us that. Nowhere in Scripture does he tell us that. No amount of mining through Scripture and trying to finagle all these dates and time. No, Scripture does not tell us that. But it's a hope for tomorrow. A hope knowing that we know that everything in this world will pass away. And so, you know, I had a friend of mine, you know, their, their dog ate a battery and they went to the, they took him to the vet and there was the x-ray there's the battery in the x-ray pretty soon this too shall pass the battery is no longer in the dog but they didn't have to do surgery it just went out the way everything else goes out this too shall pass this world will pass away this world is temporary all its pain and suffering that we have the cancer that we have to fight Arthritis, we have to fight. The migraines, the fighting and the bickering that we have among one another 
from family members to politicians, the wars, all that will be gone. This world is temporary. Put things in perspective. It means we don't have to, that doesn't mean we don't, that we ignore life, but realize that this will pass. This is temporary. No matter how awful your life is, it's temporary. And that God's got the future. This is about the future. God has control over eternity future. And you can put your faith in that and your hope in that. Realize, okay, God, yes, this life is miserable. We don't always get to do the things we want to do. People disappoint us. Our health disappoints us. But God has the future. So even through all the pain and the agonies that we have in this world, even if you have the worst life ever from now on, God has the eternal future. And so you can rejoice in that. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all your blessings that you provide. Help us to really put our faith in you. Help us to put our faith in the future to you. Not that we shouldn't plan, but realizing that our plans may fail. And that your plans are the only ones that will never fail. So help us to turn to you today. We just pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So that concludes, we're in chapter 65. Isaiah has 66 chapters in it, so you only have one more chapter to read. That includes our study of uh, the book of Isaiah. Starting next week, we will go into the book of Luke. And for the next quarter, we'll be going through the first nine chapters. So in 13 weeks, we're going to go through nine chapters of the book of Luke. And that starts next week. So if you're coming to church at Tower View, make sure you get a copy of, of the lesson plan, if you didn't get one last week. Um, I believe Judy and Steve will be out there helping to pass those out uh, today. But I thank you for everybody for watching. And see, i got some other names. I've got Lori and Chris. I see Linda. Um, do, 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 do. Rose, thank you for listening, Rose. I may have missed some, so I apologize if I missed your name in the, in the comments. Um, scroll, scroll, scroll. So I thank you for watching. If this has been helpful to you, you know, at least press the like, you know, the little thumbs up thing. Um, if you think it'd be helpful to others, you know, share this on your on your timeline so others can see it. I see, hey, Marina, um, and I assume Alan's there, Robert, um, Judy again. So I thank you all for watching and listening, and I, I appreciate you um, going through this imperfect way of doing Sunday school. Much rather do it in person. You can ask and questions and, and be much more interactive. But that's what this world is right now. So um, I, I thank you for your patience as, as we as a church try to navigate this world that we live in. Um, so, you know, as much as it aggravates us sometimes and aggravates me about the restrictions, it's the world that we live in. And how long will it last? I don't know. God didn't told me. So it's not in Scripture. 
But we have to depend on him for today. So thank you for watching. Remember, uh, reminder, find out more about us. You know, check out our website at towerviewkc.com, our web Facebook page. I'm uh, Pastor Nelson Nisley, Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church. Come to church today at 1030 if you're in Kansas City. Uh, Drive-in church in our parking lot. And we have plenty of space out here. Um, if the paved parking lot's full, we have a gravel parking lot. So we have plenty of room here. And that's not a problem. 90.7 on the FM dial, but you gotta be you gotta be here. We're not a licensed station. We just got one of those tiny little transmitters. And so thank you for today. God bless and have a blessed day.